Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, a summer Friday edition where we like to have some fun occasionally. And again, while Dan is away, Mary Kay and I are going to do an Olsen Twins Ask Me Anything style podcast. And Mary Kay, I know we always have fun when we do these. So um, I'm really excited to hear you answer. Like some of these questions, I don't even know what I'm going to say and I don't know what you're going to say. So we're going to start out with this one, which I, we might have the same one for this. Sarah in Solon, Ohio wants to know, what is your favorite local ice cream spot? Ooh, that's good. Um, well, you know, I live within walking distance from Mitchell's Ice Cream. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yep. In Rocky River. So, uh, you know, that is absolutely 100% a fave. Uh, but we're so lucky here because, you know, we've got graders right at Crocker. Mm-hmm. And then um, now I think it's Handles. Yes. Yeah. In, in Rocky River, which is also actually kind of in walking distance from me. So uh, we're well ice creamed up here in Rocky River. How about <laughs> how about you, Ashley? Yeah, Mitchell's was the first one that came to mind. I also like, you know, since I live downtown, Mason's Creamery. That's like one of the more popular Instagrammable places. My favorite thing about them, though, I, they don't have, no one yell at me. They don't have my favorite ice cream. Like, I still think that's Mitchell's, but they make fresh waffles that you can have your ice cream in so i love them and then i'm from amherst so my favorite place out that way is actually krieg's farm market in vermilion so they have a farm market and a little custard stand um mary Kay, that's where i got your your fancy honey made by bees in vermilion last year as a gift since we both love good honey um but they're they do homemade custard and it is so good so i i can't pick but those are like my three in different locations around downtown in the west side um yeah but do you have a regular order for mitchell's or anything like a favorite kind of ice cream you get from there you you know what i kind of do um i try to do this sort of non-dairy stuff which is one of the reasons why i also like mason's creamery because they always have uh an option of like oat. i like oat milk ice cream yeah and they always have something like that um so yeah those those are my go-tos yeah i think those are mine too um and i really like i really do like at first i'm like i don't know if i'll like like non-dairy ice cream but i do like i surprisingly do it is pretty pretty good um and so don't knock it until you try it truly um all right this one kind of a wild card but i'm actually i don't know my answer for this one yet this one comes from Paxton Styles in Chevrolet, Maryland. He actually sent us a few, but this one made me laugh out loud when I read it. He wants to know, would you rather have a bad haircut or a bad dye job? This is horrible Ooh. to think about. That is horrible to think about. Those are two yeah. equally undesirable alternatives for us. Yeah, um, and I have had a bad haircut before and never again. But for me personally, I think bad dye job is worse because it's harder. Like that could mean so many things. It could mean my hair is falling out. Color correction is very difficult. I guess haircut, I would put my hair in a claw clip all the time. If it was a bad haircut. So I guess that, but oh my gosh, Paxton, you're going to make me have a nightmare tonight. Yeah. This is a tough one because um, with the texture of my hair, which is generally like sort of frizzy curly and I have to straighten it and all that kind of stuff. I can't do all kinds of exotic, cute little hairstyles. I've got to just kind of go, yeah. you know, one length and just make do with it. Um, so I, I think a bad haircut would be really bad for me. Actually, so bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go haircut. 
I'm going to go haircut because if I got a bad one, it just would not, it would not turn out well at all. It would, it would be bad. No. And, and two, we both have curly hair. So like that, that heightens the stakes in terms of bad haircut. Like if I get a bad haircut, my hair is doing it like, if it's shorter, it's springing up and it makes it look so much shorter than it actually is. It becomes harder to manage, but man, just the bad eyedrop. I think too, since we're both blondes, that's like where I'm like, if you have bad blonde, it's, it's no fun. It's just not, it's just too stressful. Um, A less stressful question from Paxton though. He wanted to know dead or alive, like no limitations. If there were any two musical artists that you could have play on the same concert ticket, who would you want to hear? This is tough. I know who one of yours would be, right? I mean, well, you're I'm such... debating that actually. Are because you? I'm like, if you think about like a Mary Kay's alluding to my love for Taylor Swift, who I have gotten to see and who I love and adore. But I'm like, if we're opening it up to like dead musicians as well, like my first thought was seeing Elvis Presley live would be insane and my second thought was like seeing the Beatles live like both of those in their heyday to me would be like an unparalleled experience and an experience that I will never get to have but also (laughs) I still love you Taylor Taylor can be the opening act yes (laughs) well speaking of the Beatles I am going to Vegas next week and I'm going to be seeing uh not the Beatles live but uh, I'm going to be seeing the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show. So I'm very, very excited about that. So yes, the Beatles would be great. I mean, I've already seen the Rolling Stones at, at some of those stadium concerts back in the day, um, but they would also be very, very high on the list. Um, so, you know, you know, there's somebody that we're like totally forgetting, but I think the other two I thought of, because again, like when I saw Dead or Alive, my mind went to what's an experience I could literally, quite literally never have. I thought of Whitney Houston. I thought of Prince. I thought of Tina Turner, who just died. And you and I both saw Tina, the musical at Playhouse Square. And again, yes. I'm like, the way those shows are depicted just on a Broadway stage, like, I'm like, that would have been insane to be at one of her concerts after she went solo. Yeah, you know what? That that really does get me thinking. I think I am going to go with Whitney Houston and Prince mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, it really just doesn't get much better than that. And those were, no. so, they were sort of both from my era. I remember yeah. when Whitney just first started coming out. I remember very, very early on, I think I ran into like a, a roadie of hers or something like that downtown. And they were trying to say, you've got to jump on this Whitney bandwagon. You're going to love her. Oh She's my great. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, you was, had the scoop. it was pretty incredible. Um, and then Prince is just Prince, my goodness. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I think I'll go with those two. That would be quite an evening. This question, switching gears, I know we both love to talk about our favorite places to eat. This one comes from the 818 area code. They want to know, they're visiting Cleveland, any restaurants we want to recommend. And Mary Kay, I know we both have been to some newer restaurants this week, so we can we can plug that. We love talking restaurants here. Uh, yeah, I just went to a, a great new restaurant that I had never been to before um, called Wolfpack Chorus. It used to be the old Club Isabella. It's on or off of Cornell Road uh, on the east side, and it was fantastic. I had a great evening out with friends, and the food was phenomenal. And yeah, it was it was great fun. So I would recommend that absolutely. 
And I yesterday got a chance to go to Geraci's new slice shop downtown. And oh my goodness, the pizza is amazing. They have a ton of options. Like if you have any kind of dietary restrictions, they have you covered. They have vegan, they have gluten-free, they have all kinds of stuff on their menu besides pizza. But the piece of like the slice you can get, it's a nice size slice. The inside, the aesthetic is so cute. It's like a 70s throwback vibe. Um, and that's right downtown on Prospect, uh, like next door to Barrio, right by East 4th. So if you want to come downtown, I suggest you go there. And like, even if there's a long line, like there was when we went yesterday, that staff, man, they have it down to a science, which is I think is always impressive for a new restaurant, especially. I cannot wait to go down there and have a slice of cauliflower pizza. Very I'm so much excited to try that. that. You sent me some pictures. You posted some. It looks like such a cute place, such a cute vibe. So looking forward to that. And then I cannot wait for my friend Rocco Whalen's new Fahrenheit yes. restaurant to open in the old, in the former John Q. So I've been following that in terms of, uh, you know, he's been posting things and uh, seen all kinds of, of great photos and the progress of the new Fahrenheit with a rooftop bar and all that kind of stuff. Cleveland needs more stuff like that. That's exciting. Can't wait to go. All right, we actually have a Mary Kay specific question here from Ronnie Butcher in Chapmanville, West Virginia. Um, he mentions that he heard you talk about that you enjoy playing golf on previous podcasts, Mary Kay. So he had a handful of questions for you. Um, what's your handicap, your favorite course to play? Um, and have you ever encountered a cheater that you're, you've played with on the course? Well, let me say that I used to, I, I was starting to play, uh, you know, a significant amount of golf before I had my three children. So my husband is a huge golfer. Um, my my brother-in-law actually um, was a PGA pro who he once, I think he he qualified for the, the U.S. Open as an amateur once. Um, and so, you know, I come from a, a golfing family and, you know, my son has caught the golfing bug. He golfs almost every single day. Um, but once I had the kids, uh, you know, trying to cover the Browns and, and raise three children, I just didn't have much time to be out on the golf course. So I really haven't golfed very much at all in the last 20 some years or so. Um, but actually my son, Chris did encourage me to go out the other night. So Chris and I went golfing the other night. And the way that he describes it is that I did, I had at least one good shot well of everything that you can do. Good putt, good chip, good drive, good. you know, good fairway shot, good, you know, one good of everything. And uh, so that was a pretty good takeaway for me. We, we golf nine holes. So I really don't have a handicap. Like I said, my, my son and my husband are, are really good golfers. And um, it's really fun to go out with them. And, you know, as life gets, a, you know, changes up a little bit, I really hope that I will be able to do that more. And sitting right in front of me here on, on the table is a new pair of golf shoes, a new Ooh. visor, a new golf skirt, a new golf shirt. And my husband says I need new clubs because the technology has changed so much in sure. the last 10 or 11 years. So who knows? Maybe you, I'll have a, a handicap to share down the road. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you've been bitten by the golf bug here. You just need to find the time to do it. Time is always our, our issue in this job and finding the time to have a consistent hobby. Absolutely. So we have another question here from Terry Richards in Peoria, Arizona. He wants to know, if we weren't covering the Browns, 
what team beat would we choose? And he said, any sport, any location. Or he said, if you weren't covering sports at all, what activity would you rather cover? So he mentioned politics, being a news columnist, covering entertainment, having an advice column, etc. Well, I've said this many times before. Um, I've, I've said it on the pod. I've talked about it. Um, if, if I were not a sports writer, I would have uh, followed my passion of of script writing and, you know, writing comedy. And I still think about doing things like that uh, down the road. So that's something that I have always had in the back of my mind. It's something that I would really enjoy. And, you know, I just feel like perhaps maybe there is some little script in me somewhere. So um, there definitely is. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's something that, uh, that I would still love to do someday. I think mine would be like, I'm going to stick with not sports because I feel like I've I've covered the Cavs. I've covered the Guardians to some extent, not on a beat. Um, Probably be the Cavs would be my other like sports beat that I'd be interested in doing just because I love Cleveland and love the NBA. Um, But I do think for, it's funny because people may know I used to be work in political journalism right out of college. I worked for Meet the Press. I wrote a column about that recently after um, Jim Brown's passing to kind of talk about when we had him on the show. And ironically, how we had him on after Muhammad Ali died. But that was like the day, the week that made me realize I belonged covering sports and not covering politics. So I have done that. I do not think it's for me long term. I think if I was doing anything else in journalism, um, I would love to cover entertainment. Like these guys know how much I, I love pop culture and very like to be in the know on all that stuff. So I don't know, in another life, maybe a like a Vanity Fair kind of person or, or a Vulture kind of person, something like that for me. I could see you doing that, Ashley. You are up on everything. And uh, it's fun to, to talk to you about a lot of that stuff because, you know, we both... Uh, enjoy a lot of pop culture and we I don't really watch as much of the the trashy TV as I would actually like to um I you know I would enjoy spending a little bit more time watching you know the Kardashians and stuff like that you oh, know yeah. talked about that I mean we watch a lot of Netflix series and really good quality stuff and we do a lot of you know you know smarter intellectual stuff but we can you know we can really, you know, dial it down a little bit and watch. You've been watching Vanderpump Rules and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so- I had to text Mary Kay about that and be like, you and you and Cameron, her youngest daughter, I'm like, you guys have to get on this show. I've never watched an episode before, like a month ago, and now I'm hooked. Yeah, so maybe we'll we'll have to revisit that. But, um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see you doing that because you're so into it. You're so knowledgeable on all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and you know how, how to have a lot of fun with it. We do both have an entertainment bug, I think, about us. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to keep talking about that. Actually, we're going to stay on that train right after we take this short break. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Ashley Vastock here with Mary Kay Cabot. We had you ask us anything not football related. So this question comes from the 440 area code. Um, they want to know, what are we watching? What are we binging this summer, if anything? I mean, the weather's not been so nice lately. So what are you What are you watching, Mary Kay? Oh, my gosh, Ashley. I am so blown away by Barry. I remember when, when we were doing our succession pods, and then you and Dan would jump over after succession 
and you would watch the final season of Barry. And I did not know what it was all about. I didn't yeah. know what I was in for. I had no idea the premise, the concept, or anything. And I started as soon as Succession was over. My husband and I started watching Barry. And I am so hooked and into Barry, the nuances of that show, the layers and the levels and how smart it is, written by Alec Berg and Bill Hader. I mean, and Bill Hader stars in it, and he is just brilliant. I mean, he is brilliant. And I just started season four last night. So we watched the first two episodes of season four, the, the season, the last season. And I could have stayed up all night and binged it. They're shorter episodes. They're only about 30-minute episodes. So you could move through it very quickly. But as my husband reminded me, I stay up until about 2 o'clock in the morning, which, Ashley, you know that because you sometimes text me at 1.15. And I answer you, right? Yes, we are night owls. We're night owls. So so my husband uh, gently reminded me last night that he gets up around 6 a.m., and I'm practically still up until 6 a.m. So uh, he was not able to binge watch the rest of Barry with me last night. And I refused to, to move on without him. That's not right. Aww, I wasn't going to so do that. Nice. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing the rest of it. But it's really a smart, well done, dark comedy. I'm loving it. I'm so glad that Dan and I were able to, it didn't take much convincing to get you to watch it. You're, you're very on board if we say something is good, but I'm glad that you finally have found the time so that you guys can watch it because I really do think it's like one of the most underrated comedies somehow. And like you said, Bill Hitter writes this, he directs, in the last season he directs all of the episodes. So it's like totally his vision. I do still think, and I know you're not there yet, but I will say, I think it's one of like my favorite series finales to any show ever. I thought he really stuck the landing. Um, So yeah, like I'm still, I'm still thinking about Barry. I'm not like super binging anything right now. Really. uh, I don't know. Have you ever watched Never Have I Ever on Netflix? It's a Mindy Kaling show. No, Um, She's not in it, but she wrote and like produces it it's her creation um and it's about high schoolers in california and they're like right on that cusp of applying for colleges i think it's just very like a very smart and funny comedy centering around high schoolers that's like for everybody like adults can watch it and enjoy it the fourth season of that just came out i'm almost done i am starting the second season of and just like that the sex in the city reboot on max now um Mm -hmm. not hbo max but i'm i'm not i'm not very hopeful i did not enjoy the first season necessarily yeah i guess I, i did but like i didn't i would have also been fine like leaving those characters where we left them in the aughts but i i gotta watch i can't i can't give up on it now yeah well i haven't done that yet but my um my daughter is home for a little while before she moves to new york my youngest daughter she just graduated from ohio state she's going to be starting a new job in new york city pretty soon and so she's home and speaking of the comedy world and so and a lot of times we talk about collabing on a little bit of a um you know a a little gamier version of the gilmore girls yeah so um so anyways, um, so we, we always laugh and talk about that. But she, so she's involved in comedy. She started out her college career in a comedy program. And then she switched over to marketing But she uh, at Ohio State. But she, she is a huge Parks and Rec fan. So she's got Parks and Rec on a lot. And it is so funny. I mean, it is so funny. 
And I, I've just been enjoying, you know, watching some of that. And so, you know, we'll just pop on different things like that. Um, you know, we will watch movies together. You know, I'm trying to introduce her to some of my faves. She's introducing me to some of hers. So we're having, we're having fun. All right. Next question we have comes from Anthony in Columbus. And I know I have an answer for this one right away. Mary Kay, I think you might have some thoughts on it, but I will let you gather think those through and gather them if you want because anthony wants to know with me being a john carroll alumnus uh what is it i think about the university that has lended itself to being such a successful nfl coaching kind of pipeline and i actually wrote a freelance story about this in 2017 i want to say for sports business journal where at the time, everyone kind of might know of like the Patriots tree, like the Patriots were where most of these guys ended up your Josh McDaniels is your Nick Casarios, um, and then some some other coaches beneath them as well. But those were like the big names. Um, I actually talked to people who didn't go the Patriots route who had other connections. So like, Greg Robin was one, Tom Telesco was one. Um, and those are just off the top of my head. And there's there's so many alumni now. So I think it's interesting because what I found reading that story is like they didn't necessarily like know the Patriots guys, like the Patriots people. There's a very obvious connection. But I do think like John Carroll has a connection with the Pullians. Um, one of the Pullian sons is actually the AD at John Carroll now. He just got hired. Um, so Bill Pullian was extremely influential for a lot of those guys, I know, including Greg Roman. Um, Tom Telesco now, you're starting to see him hire more, I think, John Carroll people. And, you know, when I talk to him, it's like, you know, that's not going to get you a job, but it might get your resume noticed, right, by some of these other guys. And I do just think we are around a coach who was Jesuit educated in Kevin Stefanski, not John Carroll. But I do think those Jesuit guys who went to Jesuit schools, like they all kind of think alike. They really like that service leader mentality. I think a lot of them just gel really well together. But it is interesting because I think unlike a lot of places, it's not one strict pipeline. I think that would be the case if it was only that Patriot, that Belichick tree. But it's really not that. So um, I think guys have found their way different ways into the league. And there's been a lot of different connections over the years. And of course, just the, the Don Shula name as well, I think has played a big part. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, that the Polian effect uh, on the whole John John Carroll thing has been enormous. And then a lot of those guys, you know, they played together and they developed uh, this tremendous bond when they played football with each other. And that had a lot to do with it. A lot of them are still from that same area, that same yeah. time frame, that same age group. And when you get a, a strong family tree like that, it just grows. It just mm -hmm. grows you know, a bunch of different branches and it just continued to, uh, you know, to grow out there like that. And it's still going. And so um, I do think that, you know, that has a lot to do with it. I mean, they have tight, tight bonds. And I do think now my son went to St. Ignatius. So I do um, understand the whole, you know, the whole Jesuit piece. And I do think mm -hmm. that there is, you know, there is something special and they are men for others and they do have the growth mindset and they do have uh you know certain basic principles and you know philosophies that they live by and they they do stick together i mean they do stick very closely together and uh, i think that has a lot to do with it but certainly it's been a tremendous tradition uh, mm -hmm. It's just a, it's great news for cleveland and you know being a cleveland native myself born in lakewood ohio Raised here, went to Lakewood High School, 
went to Kent State University, majored in journalism there. I'm Cleveland through and through. So anything that tells the good news of Cleveland out there uh, in the NFL or, or in the world, I'm all about it. And I think, too, just like from a John Carroll experience and like knowing my own personality, I do think there is something like about going to a Jesuit school in particular where like the curriculum's a little different, right? Like I had to take all kinds of classes that were not in my majors or minors just to graduate. Um, the core is very extensive. But like my my old boss at NBC used to say like the thing that he liked about John Carroll grads is if you talk to one, like they're never going to say no to like a job or an opportunity. Like you're, you're never going to be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Or no, I don't want to do that. It's always like eager and willing to learn and help. And I think like I sometimes to my own detriment, I'm very much like that. But I think a lot of those guys have been like that, too. And they kind of like jump at the chance if they're given an opportunity in the NFL. Yeah, really, really good guys. I mean, you know, to be out there and to, and to talk about talk to them, you know, when you run into all these guys at, you know, the combine or you run into them at the NFL owners meetings or, or whatever have you, they're just a really, really good bunch of guys with with great values. They do the job the right way. Uh, they're trustworthy. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really cool group. So I'm glad to see them out there carrying the banner for JCU. All right. One more question here. This one comes from Ty at the 802 area code. Um, he wants to know, Hey, Mary Kay, are there any, this is Browns related, but I'm going to let it slide because I typically enjoy these kinds of Mary Kay stories. Um, are there any favorite stories of former Browns teams, players, coaches, et cetera, that you haven't told in a few years that are kind of, you know, on the more comedic side that you haven't shared recently? Let me think real quick. I I, I didn't obviously know this question was coming, so I'd, I, I'd have to comb the recesses of my brain to come up with something that I that I haven't told in, in I think a you while. Should, too bad you, just, you could, could just retell the Jared Leto story. I don't remember oh how long gosh. ago we told that. <laughs> the Jared Leto story. That was a funny story. That was a fun. All right. I'll just very briefly tell the Jared Leto story. I was on my way to um, a preseason game in Green Bay, and I boarded the little flight in Cleveland, and I was reading my Trashy People magazine, and uh, and I was I was looking at a picture of Jared Leto. And I was reading a little story about him. And as I had it open to that, I looked up. I was seated in my seat already. I looked up, and there was Jared Leto standing standing right next to me. And um, and he nudged his buddy that he was with, and he pointed to the to the magazine, you know, to kind of be like, "Hey, that's me." And it was he had the same bracelet on. I mean, it was just I was like, "Is this really happening at this moment?" And um, so he went up and sat down. Uh, in, you know, what was considered to be first class on this little putter jump, puddle jumper plane that we were on. And I could have easily, like, tried to make conversation with him, tried to say something with him. Uh, but I didn't. I, did, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be fangirl. I'm going to play it cool. I'm just going to act like I run into Jared Leto every day of the week and I'm not phased by this. And I was laughing. But later I was saying, you know, he should have been up there looking at a copy of The Plain Dealer with my picture <laughs> in the sports section. And then I could have nudged my friend and said, oh, look at that. 
Uh, so I was kind of laughing about that because I was like, no, nah, not going there, not doing it, not going to be happy to know you. I'm not doing it. And plus, of course, I was married and, you know, you can't be flirting around with Jared Leto, even though he's Jared Leto. So lo and behold, the fact that I paid him no mind whatsoever, I'm sure just made him nuts. Um, so as we got off the plane, he waited for me where you pick up your bags outside of the plane. And we were stopping off in, I don't know where, some Madison or something? Yeah, I think that sounds right. I think it was Madison. I think yeah. it was Madison. And um, so he waited for me at the little baggage thing. And he said, oh, hey, you know, would you like to come to my concert tonight? And um, so he was with 30 Seconds to Mars, which I'm sure you know that, Ashley. Um, that was the name of his band. And this was some years ago. I don't Could have I don't had think the inside scoop on 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. So, he, you know, and, and what I really wanted to do was say, yes, I would love to come to your concert tonight. But... I can't remember what I said, but I think I said, no, I, I can't. I'm going up to Green Bay. I don't even know what I said, but um, I was laughing with my husband about it because I called him from the airport and I was like, could you just give me this one? Could you just let me go to this concert right. in Madison? Could you just, can I? And no, the answer was no, I didn't get the hall pass. I wouldn't, you know, no, I was not allowed to go to the concert, even though it would have been completely innocent of course yes uh he did not think that was a good idea he thought i should actually go to work and cover the preseason game between the browns and the green bay packers so i did that instead um but i was laughing because i ran into him again in the airport as as we were you know walking around through the airport and i think we might have stopped and talked for a minute with his buddies or something like that and i was laughing about it because i was going to say we're going to look at the people magazine next week and it's going to be like he was dating Cameron Diaz at the time, and it was going to be the paparazzi. We're going to be, you know, snapping photos of me and Jared Leto at the Madison airport, you know, and, and there was Cameron and she was going to be all upset about that. That's my funny little Jared Leto story. I, uh, I had uh, my opportunity to go enjoy 30 seconds to Mars on the house, and I covered a football game instead because I'm, I am loyal and I'm dedicated to my job. Hall of Famer right there. Hall of Fame mindset right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I love the Jared Leto story. Personally, I'm like, I, I love this hypothetical moment where you could have somehow wound up being a sworn enemy to Cameron Diaz. And like, you just be like, no, but I love you. And I didn't, it's nothing. It's just the paparazzi. And Cameron just being like, no, another blonde. I can't deal with this. Yeah, that that was funny. And, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen a, a number of celebrities over the years, uh, you know, when we're out and about, uh, you know, out on the road, saw Rick James, sat next, sat in a restaurant with Jane Seymour, um, Steffi Graf, you know, outside of the world of sports, we end up seeing, you know, a lot of different celebrities. John Bon Jovi, you know, when Bill Belichick um, was here, he brought John Bon Jovi to, he used to bring, he brought a few celebrities, but he brought John Bon, John bon Jovi to practice one day. Interesting. Was yeah, he a big so, Bon Jovi fan? Huge Bon Jovi fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Huge That's Bon Jovi fan. Tidbit. So Absolutely. Bon Jovi's probably been to Patriots practice plenty oh, of times yes. over they're, the years. They're very good friends. Oh, and so that's he, awesome. Yes. So he came to Brown's practice and, and we got to meet him. And and that was that was really, really cool. All right. There you have it. A Mary Kay Belichick era story from the vault plus a retelling of our famous 
Jared Leto's story. Um, so you can check out, we do have Browns coverage still going on, even in this fun Ask Me Anything uh segment pod segment that we just did i just published one of our new 23 questions for the 2023 season stories about the safeties you can go check that out mary Kay wrote a handful of stories yesterday including another one of those in that series about the receiver situation and she has some reporting in there on key guys like david bell um anthony schwartz who people have some questions about so go check that out at cleveland.com slash browns click the blue banner at the top of the page that's how you become a football insider subscriber that's where all these questions came from today you get texts for us from us you can text us back. You get an email from us, a newsletter that's written by one of us every single morning in your inbox. I had a fun one yesterday comparing Browns players to Taylor Swift eras. It's like my favorite one I've ever written. So go sign up for that so you can get stuff like that um, and be able to participate in these pods. And also check out our YouTube, Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com over there. We're doing videos. We're doing shorts. I almost wanted to call them reels, but that's Instagram. We're doing YouTube shorts now. So be sure to check all that out. Mary Kay and I are going to be, Dan will be back next week. This was fun. We're going to be out covering Greg Newsom's softball game, the pre-activities for that tomorrow. So be sure to be on the lookout for all of that. Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great. It was fun.